Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. So before we get into the bulk of this intro, I want to take a second to uh, mention a couple things. Uh, first, if you are not on our mailing list, you can head over to the thecritshowpodcast.com and get onto our mailing list. Uh, we have a couple things coming up where that's usually the fastest way to hear about it, uh, including we're testing some new merchandise. Uh, and when we test that new merchandise, we then sell it for a discount uh, once we find out you know, that it works. Uh, but if you happen to be the size and you're interested in the style... Uh, you can find out about it there first. Uh, and also on our Reddit, we have the Artpocalypse contest going on. If you would like to head over to our subreddit and enter your fan art of jingles. Uh, so I think on to the main event here. A couple of weeks ago, we were having a conversation in the intro, which instantly caused us to receive some mail. Oh, no. What <laughs> kind of mail, Rev? Um, how would you all feel about doing a taste testing right now? Oh, yes. Yes. Yes, yes please. Oh, no. In our P.O. box, we received from Snow Penguin on Discord a little Etsy treat of three different kinds of spicy candies. Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> let's, let's give this a shot, shall we? It's not a completely not terrifying idea to me that we've received something to put in our bodies <laughs> in a P.O. box and we're just going to do it on it's not, air. It's not the first time. <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing i've eaten today it's like spicy candy and by spicy candy i mean hardcore edibles good <laughs> luck so enjoy the show <laughs> uh, i don't know which these are i've got them facing down so do we want to do one two or three first two sure oh i'm really nervous it's such a fine line with me on on spicy <laughs> like whether or not i'm able to handle it so this could be um really really great or just awful <laughs> i'm so excited this one is ghost pepper with hint of strawberry. Cannot do Yeah, that. depending on how spicy yeah. the spicy candy is, I might be like fucked out of this recording. <laughs> this, this may be the end of the day for us. Yeah. yeah. So this one, the simple titles on them, spicy gummy worm. Okay. Yeah, okay. I'm down. Okay. I'm so in for sure. this. That sounds like a randomly generated Xbox gamer <laughs> tag. It does. Why is it covered in rocks? It's, it looks, <laughs> I assume it looks it's, real wet. I assume it's the spicy. Worms live in the ground. Oh, that's fair. I need to not try to smell it before I eat it. It's been a while since we've done like a tasting thing. <laughs> yes, the yeah, intro. Yeah. I'm excited about this. I was uh, regaling some people in the Discord about when we did. Jake is mentally prepping. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just spicy candy to me implied something other than just a gummy worm rolled in a spice. Which <laughs> seems, like, seems to be what this like is. It would have been crafted as a unit, something cohesive. That's what. That's. That was the original idea with the mm. with the spicy gushers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, I'm yeah, very like her nervous gushers about this. filled with chili powder. Um, <laughs> yeah, so this this is from a Etsy shop, uh, sweet and spicy treats. This is an Etsy store that deals entirely in sweet and spicy things. I cut Tass off. Tass, what were you saying? Oh, oh yeah. 
I, I was just I was talking about um, when we tried the werewolf serum and how unforeseen it was that just the shape of my particular vial meant that I just got these three big bursts of that <laughs> flavor in a row, like these three gulps that hit me so hard. So yeah, who wants to describe what we're looking at here? It is a red and orange gummy worm. Yeah. Uh, suspiciously wet looking, like a very <laughs> nice high shine, just coated in some sort of spice. It's definitely chili powder in here. And and to be fair, it's it's a gummy worm. It's like a gummy earthworm. This thing is huge. Yeah, yeah it's a night crawler. <laughs> do I have to down the whole thing? That's Can what I, I was do just a about bite? to ask. Do we want to like do a bite? Can uh, I do a bite? Yeah, I would I'd request. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd say we try to get the, a good half here. Come on. Man, we do have, fuck you. We, All do right. have, we do have two more things to try. That's yeah, that, that's what I, I was just about to say. I'll do the whole thing. But then I was like, if this is really bad, then I won't have an accurate representation yeah. of the next two things because my taste buds will be gone. Well, because I'm going to I'm going to get some uh, saltines for us to cleanse our palates between. <laughs> that's what's up. Where's the spit bucket? <laughs> yeah, and make for good audio. Just good tacky mouth audio. Mm, spicy and then saltine. Okay, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. All let's right. do it. Ready? Go. This is God. <laughs> How am I having the least of a problem with this of everybody at this table? It's not so much like the heat is not bothering me. It's simply the flavor. Yeah, same. I mean, it's it's disparate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not spicy. It's just this, funky. There's no heat on this one. It's just a flavor. It is a flavor profile. It's like sour chili powder. <laughs> it was basically like if you mixed chili powder and, and like, a gummy worm. <laughs> Shut up, Jake. If you mix chili powder and like lemon juice and just got a good like like a rub <laughs> and then put it on a gummy worm. Just a good, just a good so, gummy worm rub. Well, here's the thing. And so, yeah. So when you eat it, all of the chili powder comes off and you just have like saliva and chili powder. <laughs> and then a regular old juice. gummy worm on the yeah, way down. Yeah. And so it's just like a mouthful of just like chili powder water and then you have to eat a worm, <laughs> gummy worm. A mouthful of chili powder water is the worst thing. That's almost as bad as standing back to front. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Does anybody need anything uh, before we go on to the next one? Nope. Hit me. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to pick this one first because now that we have picked the first one, I want to save the other one for last. What is it called? What are they? <laughs> All right. So these are called Wild Berry Skittles Spicy Candy. All right. Are they coated in anything? I haven't seen them yet. They look kind of. to be coated. Yeah. These look like tiny little flakes. Like these are tiny little like red chili pepper or something. We're just doing one each. Choose your fighter. Going with blue. I, I think I got a purple. It's hard to see through the coating. Yeah, it just it, it's a, a skittle that's very spiky. Ready? Three, yeah. two, one, go. That was better. No, yeah, that was better. Because with the gummy worm, like I said, the spicy coating kind of came off the worm. Yeah. And you kind of had to eat them separately, and it was uncomfortable. But this, since it's a skittle, you just chew it, and then the sweet and the spicy mix together yeah. a lot quicker. So yeah. that was much more enjoyable. I agree. Tass looks unhappy still. I am unhappy. Look, I'm very much a person that likes most food. I have a very small list of things that I won't eat, but I am not someone that wants things like I'm kind of a purist with my food. If I want spicy, I want spicy. If I want sweet, I want sweet. I thought it was pretty good. What's the opposite of a purist? A mixologist. And, and nice. I like that. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's better than the direction I was going. <laughs> All right. So the last one, spicy gushers. Oh. Probably not the ones you're thinking about, though. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's a gusher covered in chili peppers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's do it. All right. No. <laughs> I 
That was a very sour gusher. Megan's double dipping. Yes. <laughs> no, Megan went back in. No, you keep them. How are they compared to the spicy gushers you're used to? That's why I needed to have another one. I mean, not as good just because I think the coating is so... Like, that's what you get first. The spicy fruit gushers look like regular gushers. There's no coating. It's just in the, in the, the, juice, the juice or whatever. Yeah. And so you eat it just like regular fruit gushers, and then you're hit with, like, the spice afterwards. And so you get the sweet up front. And this was very much the opposite of having the spice and then getting kind of an idea of some like sour gusher underneath. <laughs> like it wasn't there wasn't enough sweet with that. Yeah. But not terrible. What was your favorite of the three? The Skittles, I think. Yeah, I agree. I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I'm straight up not having a good time. <laughs> spice wise, I'm fine, which I was yeah, concerned yeah. about. Because usually like sriracha is too much for me. <laughs> like I don't want. I don't want. Yeah. Oh, Rev Rev double back dipped. in. Give me some skittles. I want to go back for the skittle. The flavor. It just seems like something that you should put on a chicken before you cook it. <laughs> yeah. Like it's not. It just this the skittle flavor. Yeah. yeah skittle flavor <laughs> chicken. Love it. And a and a and a Mountain Dew reduction. <laughs> it just yeah. Just the flavor was wrong. Like. I couldn't even go so far as to make a judgment call on spicy sweets at this point because just the flavor combination was off for yeah, me. That's fair. It was an excellent experience. Though. It was. Yes. This Thank was a great you test. very much. Thank yes. you, Snow yep. Penguin. Uh, so yeah, if you have anything you'd like to send us at our PO box, man, go ahead. We'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, we'll eat it. Tass, here you are in the North Pole in this atmospheric dive suit. You have been lowered about 15 feet down. And you have seen this seven-foot-long humanoid figure materialize out of the ice and start to swim in your direction. What are you doing? I think I'm reaching an arm up around the rope and, like, wrapping my arm around it a little bit and giving three quick tugs. The winch stops and starts to pull you up. This creature doesn't get much closer, but you can see that it's swimming a slow circle around you. Oh, God. Okay, yeah, I'm gonna, um, I don't know, wave at it. Like, I don't know, I'm trying to not look aggressive. I want to look friendly and welcoming and just kind of acknowledge that I see it. Okay, and you slowly get pulled out of the water back onto the ice. Everett uh, grabs a hold of your helmet and twists it off. Hey, you got it already. This wasn't very deep at all. No, it wasn't. Uh, There's something down here. Good. No, no, like some sort of creature, humanoid thing that like melded out of the ice. Oh. Yeah. Um, it was just taking slow circles around me. I don't know if it's curious or hungry or what. I think we still need to go. I think we need to do this, but, you know, I don't want to leave you up here defenseless. I'd say make sure that you're staying within Mother Hen's like defenses and stuff as we do this and don't come out. What about you? Man, I don't know. Um... Is this a moment that I could invoke Destiny's plaything on my little adventure? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I think I want to roll it. All right. Go for it. 15. So as you were standing here with Everett, your eyes go white and you get a vision. And in your vision, this almost translucent humanoid figure, it is deep below the water in the dark, sitting on the ocean floor. And it is cradling... TJ's backpack and it's open and in its hand it is holding the dagger and you can see that it is siphoning something off of the dagger like it's feeding. I kind of uh, 
keel over a little bit there for a second as that vision passes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, ugh, whatever this thing is, I think it feeds off of the magic of the of the weapons. Oh. Man, I almost want to just leave them down there. If they siphon all the magic off, then they can't be used for anything else, but but I also don't really know the gauge of that, how long that would take. Uh, no, I can't. I can't. I can't just leave them. Taking me on a real roller coaster ride here. I know, man. Oh, shit. Yeah, lower me back. I think I try this again. If any more of them come out, just do do whatever's going to keep you safe first. I'll be okay down there until <laughs> we can figure something else out. All right. And uh, he helps you back into the water and starts lowering you down. As you break the surface of the water, down below you about 30 feet, you can see the water moving. But, like, you don't see anything in the water, but you do see ripples in the water. Okay, this thing, is it invisible now? Um, yeah, I'm just going to let myself be lowered and do the same thing, kind of tilt as much as I can so that my face is visible in the lights um, and just give a friendly wave. As you get lower to past the point where you see this ripple and you're smiling inside of the helmet and waving your arm, you notice that ice crystals start to form in the water, starting where that strange ripple is, and they are flowing in your direction. Uh, can I open up my sight and see if I see anything different here? Yeah, you open up your sight and you do see the magical shape of that seven foot long humanoid figure. And as you are looking, this ice wraps around you and pins one of your arms to your side. How close is it? It's probably about 20 feet away. Is this heavy enough? Like, can I do any swimming in this? Or am I just kind of a an anchor on a chain here? You do have thrusters in the form of fans that are on the sides and on the back so that you can kind of push yourself through the water. Okay. Can I try first? I want to see, like, whatever it is that has me pinned on the one side. Is that something I can try to actually grab onto or break up with the free claw? Yeah, I think it'd be an act under pressure. You could reach across and shatter the ice that is formed around it. Okay, I'm going to give it a try. Fifteen. Yeah, you are able to break out no problem. Okay, then yeah, I want to activate those thrusters and just try to shoot towards this thing. I don't think I'm particularly happy with it anymore. Okay, yeah, you are able to move the thrusters in its direction, uh, and it doesn't seem like it's moving out of the way. Okay, as I'm getting close, I don't know how else to ask this. What's it look like as far as on a scale of one to aggressive? Where, where am I at here? It's hard to tell because as you get closer and your magical sight takes it in, it doesn't have any facial features. It just has eyes and a mouth hole. Okay. Terrifying. All right. I think I'm just going to take a swing with my clamps and try to hit this thing. Just give it a big old, hey, stop it kind of punch. All right. We'll kick some ass. Okay. Ooh, that's a three. You move the thrusters in the direction of this invisible form in the water and you pull your arm back and thrust the clamp out at it and as you do it moves very quickly and gracefully in the water and you see its hand lash out and you hear a twang above your head and you start to descend faster in the water oh no okay all right uh i think i shift gears then and just use these thrusters and i'm trying to just go straight down as fast as i can yeah, no problem. You are able to go down into the water. It gets darker and darker as you go, and your lights seem to be going out 
maybe 15 feet or so from you. But other than that, it is pitch black. And you fall in this darkness for about 45 seconds before your feet finally hit the bottom. And a bunch of sediment kicks up all around you and makes a hazy cloud around you. Okay, I think first thing, I know I'm kind of covered in some of the sediment and stuff, but I'm at least glancing around to see if the thing has followed. Uh, Yeah, you can't see more than maybe five feet around you right now. Okay, then I think I'm just going to start hustling. I want to, well, first, do I see the undersea gobbler anywhere? You do not. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Then I just want to try to turn, like I know the kind of general direction of where we left it, but I don't know exactly where, you know, it was put down eventually. So I think I want to dig for that familiar feeling and see if I know where to go. All right, we'll trust your gut. Okay. Uh, that is a 12, and that one is advanced. All right, so you know the direction you should go. Like, you start to spin around, and you get a sense of, this is the direction that I should head. And you get that because you still have your vision open, and you can see very far in the distance, in this darkness, the magical glow of something. Oh, okay. And I think the thing that you know instinctively in this moment from the advanced success is that this thing, whatever it is, seems to feed off of magic. It doesn't need every item or every piece of magic. It just needs one strong enough to keep its attention. Okay, interesting. All right, then I start trucking that way as fast as I can. So as you start to go in that direction, you feel the cold water around you again, but it does start to get a little clearer as you get out of the sediment that was kicked up. And... Every now and then in front of you, you can see this form swim in front of you. And as you get closer and closer to this magical glow in the distance, it starts to get closer to you with each approach. Like it seems like it's becoming more aggressive. Oh, God. Okay. Um, Then, yeah, I'm just I'm keeping on course and I'm just waiting until it gets close enough for me to clobber it if I have to. Yeah, as you get about 30 feet away from the source of this magical glow, it skims along the bottom of the ocean and swims towards your feet. And you can see that it is not pulling back like it has been. All right, then if it's swimming towards my feet, what I kind of want to do is kind of a hop back and just bring my arms down to club it face first into the bottom of the ocean. Are you trying to get past it? Are you trying to hurt it? Um, I think I want to hurt it. All right, roll kick some ass. Oh, man, I don't have the spear, so I'm rolling flat here, but that was a 10. And if it's possible, can I pick less harm? (laughs) Yes. All right, so you propel yourself slightly up and bring these two clamps down and slam it into the ground. And as you do, it brings its fist up and slams it into the side of your leg. Your clamps will do two points of damage, not armor defeating, uh, and that is what you take in return, uh, and that is subtracting the uh, the one for take less harm. So you take two points, not armor defeating. Okay. And there is a pop sound inside your knee as you are rocked with this hit, and you have a minus one forward for your next action involving using this leg. Yeah, after I give it a good clobber, then again, I'm activating those boosters to try to get that last 30 or 40 feet. Yeah, you are able to activate these and move towards this magical energy and your lights illuminate the sunken remains of the Argonaut. And jutting out from under a slab of metal, you see the hilt of the short sword. I want to try to scoop it up in one of the clamps. Yeah, you have no problem. You reach down and you pick it up inside of the clamp. Okay, and then uh, I'm going to whirl around and see 
where the thing is to see if it is chasing or if it backed off from the hit or what. From where you are, you do not see it currently. Oh, God, hate that. Um, <laughs> so then I'm going to glance around and see if there's any sign of the, the bag. Yeah, you look around and you do not see it at this moment. Okay, do I see any like big enough holes in the wreckage to get into it? You do. All right, I want to move as quick as I can that way and try to get in and, and look around there for either the bag or if it's even possible to make my way to the room where I knew we grabbed all these to see if the longsword, if there's any prayer, it's there. All right, uh, roll investigate a mystery. Okay. Uh, five. Uh, and also that levels me up. What are you taking? I think I'm going to use my other option to mark two advanced moves. Uh, I think being down here and having to operate without my weapon and just in this extreme situation, uh, I'm getting appreciation for, you know, just using myself, using my senses. Uh, so I am marking act under pressure and read a bad situation as advanced. All right. So as you climb inside of the submarine, it's not as easy of a fit as you thought. And you're certainly making a lot of noise as the clamps and the shoulders and the lights hit off of this metal of the submarine and you can hear it vibrating underwater and just sending out all of this sound. Oh, shit. Um, I, I think after looking around for a minute, I, I'm not seeing anything, so I go back to climb out. Yeah, you go to exit the submarine and floating in front of the area that you came in is this pale creature and it has both of its hands on the sides of the opening and its mouth is just opening and closing um, now that you're a little closer, you can see that it is leathery and its eyes are completely cloudy and it's just opening and closing its mouth like it's drawing something in. Oh, God. All right. I want to try to lunge forward and take a slash with the short sword. All right. We'll kick some ass. I think since I have to run up on it, this does this probably include my minus one forward? Yeah. Okay. Five. Well, hey, at least you weren't going to succeed anyway. <laughs> yeah. You lunge forward and the creature again very quickly reaches out and grabs a hold of the clamp that is holding the sword. And you see the metal start to become covered in ice as it closes its hand very quickly and crushes that clamp and the sword falls down onto the bottom of the sea floor. And it turns away from you and starts hovering over it, doing that same opening and closing of its mouth. Were there any rooms in this still that it looks like the doors still work? Roll luck. <laughs> Eight. So there is a room that still has a door on it. Um, it is not closed, like it's not airtight at the moment, but you think that you could close the door. All right. I think I want to try to grab this thing with my free clamp and just full on activate the boosters to try to jet back through. And, and get it as close to that doorway as I can. Roll act under pressure. Okay. 14. And it's advanced now. All right. What is your extra effect? If I can, I just want to be like cartwheeling with him in that claw so that when I let go, I'm hitting that doorway and yanking it closed uh, before he can get a hit on me. All right. So you grab a hold of this creature and you throw it. Uh, at the end of your cartwheel and slam the door shut. And as the door slams shut, you can hear it knock against the door. And it's very slow, but you can see almost instantly 
along the bottoms, ice starts to form on the metal. Oh shit, gotta go, gotta go. I'm turning and going. I'm I'm running. I want to try to scoop up the blade first. And then as quick as I can, I, I want to glance around, see if maybe the bag is out here. You pick up the short sword and you stop and you take a moment to look around. And as you are doing that behind you, you can hear this cracking sound radiating through the water as this metal starts to shatter piece by piece. You don't see the bag anywhere and you're not currently seeing any magic strong enough to send off a pulse. All right. I, I'm i just bolting then. I, I didn't see it inside. I didn't see it out here. Either this thing has, you know, taken it away or gotten rid of the magic from them entirely is my best guess. So I think I am tearing ass back to the point that I know straight up will lead me home. All right. So I think this is going to be an act under pressure to essentially get back and get a hold of this cable and get yourself back up uh, as this thing slowly breaks free and starts to chase after you. Okay. That's a 13. All right. You are able to jet your way back to the area where you know it cut through your cable, get your arm around it and give it a tug and Everett pulls you up. As you break the surface of the water, there's this very strange feeling that washes over you. You can see that the water doesn't seem to be lapping and the snow doesn't seem to be falling and Everett is standing next to Mother Hen pulling on the lever to reel you back in but he's also not moving and standing a few feet away on the ice is Nash. He's dressed in a cable knit sweater and an old pair of slacks and his spectacles and he looks down at you. This will not end the way you want it to. Simply give me what I need. Don't make me kill you for it. So I hand this to you, and you just walk away. Or I ask your help to drag me out of this water so I can at least die on my feet, and you take it anyway? Is that kind of what you're saying? What do you mean by it? What is it that you need? The energy inside of you. You don't need the weapons. No. And you can take it without killing me? If you give it up freely. I did not know that. Neither did I. Huh. Well, I mean, I'll ask it. Will you do me the courtesy of dragging me out of this uh, water so I can die on my feet? There's not time to kill you. Oh, okay. Well, I'm not giving it to you. This doesn't end the way you think it does. I'm going to have to take your word on that, but you helped unmake my best friend. I'm going to do everything I can. Everything I can to end you as fucking completely. He looks almost sad. I know you will. And then he starts to blur, first slowly and then very quickly, and then he's gone, and the snow starts to fall again, and the water around you starts to splash against the ice, and Everett releases the pressure on the winch. Oh, fucking hell, and I am just shaking. <laughs> you all right? No, I'm not. I think we can go, though. I don't think I need the other weapons. I only got one. Oh, we don't need the other two? Nash was here. What? He was here. Right here, just now, everything was frozen. I mean, he could have just taken my spear and left. He could have taken this sword out of my claw and left. He didn't want it. He didn't seem to care. You all right. Get you loaded up and get out of here. Yeah. Yeah, let's just get the fuck out of here. And so Everett drags you out of the water and starts to help you get out of this suit. And as the two of you are getting it loaded on to Mother Hen, bright flashes of light start emanating from the warded field around the helicopter as you hear loud, inhuman shrieks. I want to look and see. I want to go out. 
You look out and there are a dozen of those mutated ghouls all hissing and slashing at the magical barrier that has popped up around Mother Hen and behind them watching you with a large grin on his face is Esten. I've been told you have something that belongs to my master. I'm here to see it returned to him. Uh, I think I just point the spear at him. I've got your number, motherfucker. It's not coming up today, but soon enough. Everett, let's go. And Everett kicks on Mother Hen and starts to lift it into the air. And as he does, you see that Esten's eyes start to glow and he begins to chant. And this energy pours off of him and flies at Mother Hen. It hits the barrier and you can hear the sound of different runes and wards breaking and exploding all over Mother Hen as her defenses go down. But he is able to get her out and away. Jake, you are standing on the parapet in Elnor holding the blue rose. Ori is not with you. What are you doing? Uh, I want to see if I can pull Ori to me. You reach out and try to pull him in your direction and nothing happens. Uh, do I even get the sense that I could instead go to him? Or is there just like no no connection there right now? You feel like the connection's kind of broken. Well, I'm going to teleport to the room of magic and set the flower down on a table or something and I accidentally left Ori behind. Oh, but you got the flower. Yeah, I got the flower. But he's in there with the psychotic witch, and I don't know how to get back any more quickly. I can't teleport to him, and I can't bring him to me. Oh. So when you say that, like, it feels like the connection is, you said it's, like, kind of broken. Like, it's not missing. Is it, like, static? Is it kind of like a TV static feeling? Uh, I don't know. What does that mean to you? Like, basically, I'm wondering if it's, like, okay, <laughs> a certain, like, inside of the tree might be off limits or something. That feels right. Okay. Uh, so I think... If I can't get to him, I basically want to start trying to teleport like as close to him as possible and just kind of working my way out until it takes. Okay. You try this a couple of times and then suddenly you appear outside of the entrance of the weeping willow tree. And from inside you hear. And the sound of stones slamming together. Uh, I think I'm going to pull out the sword and, hey, Baba, how's it going? I'm out here. Your old friend, Jake. You hear as soon as you say your name, that sound of stone hitting stone again. And inside of the cave, you can see that a lot of those vines have grown back and they all start to move and shift. And you realize that they are the hair coming off of a very large head. The face is maybe four or five feet high, and a hand made out of branches and bark reaches out of the opening and starts to pull its way out, and you can see this Baba face made out of plant life with these giant stone teeth and these black coal eyes. Oh, yes. Oh, I've heard of you. Delicious. And as she starts to turn towards you, you can see that a gap is starting to form behind her, and you can see him, like, peeking over, trying to figure out how to get past her. Uh, okay. I think I'm going to try to take a page out of, literally out of Tass's playbook, but I'm going to start monologuing. Like, I'm going to start kind of pacing back and forth and 
trying to keep her distracted to create an opening for Ori. So I've just got like the sword in one hand, like my like gladiator hands, like the are you not entertained hands yeah. walking around. And I'll be like, oh, you've heard of me, huh? Good things, bad things. I'd be really curious. You know, I've been great friends with some of the other yous on some of the other worlds. And some of them I didn't get along so great with and just trying to like start rambling and keep her distracted. So what are you doing physically? You know, you talked about the kind of the gladiator stance on top of this uh, on top of this route. Are you just keeping eyes locked on her, keeping her attention? Um, yes, I think I am keeping eyes on her doing a relatively small pace back and forth and like big animated motions with my arms and stuff as I talk. She is slowly pulling her way out of this opening in the tree, and you can see all of the vines and the plant life shifting and moving. Her face contorts, the stone teeth shift to the side, and they're vertical for a moment instead of horizontal as she squeezes her face through the opening of this. You get tackled from behind, and you splash down into the water, and as you start to struggle with this figure on top of you, you can see the grinning face of Strom. Roll Dark Delights and Violent Ends. Eight. Who is another uneasy ally? Uh, Harrison. In the water next to you, Harrison rises out of the muck, and he has that same grin on his face that Strom has. And he points to your flaming sword and then points at the canopy of this weeping willow tree that hangs down and covers everything. And then he just lowers himself into the water very close all of the eyes on his head watching you, watching Strom, some of them looking back and watching Baba Yaga. Uh, I want to head for the canopy then, so I'm going to try and break my way out of Strom's grip. If I can leverage a stab with the sword, I will to try and get her to let go of me. Okay, so is this more about hurting her or getting away? Uh, it's mostly about getting away. All right, roll act under pressure. Five. You start to struggle with Strom and climb your way out of this pool onto the root, and she forces you off the other side into a different pool. Roll Dark Delights and Violent Ends. <laughs> okay. Ten. Who is the person you would like to see here the most? I have to assume it's Tass. Tass rises up out of this pool swinging his spear and he jams it into Strom and pins her backwards against the root. He has that same odd grin on his face that the others have, but he looks at you and nods. This is so creepy. Uh, I'm going to make tracks for the canopy. As you start to move towards the canopy, Baba Yaga fully breaks free from inside of the tree and she stands about 25 feet high, her stone teeth snapping together as her coal black eyes land on you. Oh, fuck. And she starts to tromp through these pools, and you can see that the pools are actually the size of her footprints that she is leaving behind. Oh. And with each footprint, the water fills up inside of it as she makes her way towards you. What are you doing? I'm sprinting towards the canopy, and I'm going to try and start chopping it down with the sword. All right, roll act under pressure as you approach the canopy. Eight. All right, so you can get to the canopy and start cutting at it with your flaming sword. But she is either going to turn some of the other figures that have been summoned from these pools against you. She's going to get a hand on you as you cut away the canopy, blocking your path. Or Ori is still going to be blocked in his exit from the tree out of the canopy. She turns some of the figures against me. She stops and 
as your sword hits the canopy, the vines and the branches start to burn away with this magical fire. She digs her hands down into the mud and this energy ripples through her and you can see that Tass pulls his spear out of Strom and he turns and looks at you with that big grin and jumps up on the root and starts sprinting in your direction. Over his shoulder, Ori turns into mist again and starts flying towards the opening you have cut in the canopy. What are you doing? If Ori's going to get out, then I'm going to turn and start running and wait until Ori goes by and then I'm going to jump and try to get a hand like on the smoke to teleport both of us back to the room of magic. All right. Roll angel wings. Eight. So would you like to teleport to the wrong place together or the right place separated? I think wrong place together. You grab a hold of Ori and the fire engulfs you to teleport away. The last thing you see from inside of the canopy is Baba Yaga has crouched down and she is looking through the opening. As she sees you start to turn into flames, it's like she senses that you're going to get away. And in frustration, she reaches over and grabs a hold of Tass and puts his head in her mouth and clamps down and rips it off and spits it after you. Fuck! It's metal as hell! The two of you appear inside of the blasted land where the explosion happened that took out all of the teleporters for the Arachna people. Um, This is the first time you've been to this area. It is still just black glass and dead trees, Uh, but the two of you are standing right where that giant invisible spider bear had exploded whoo holy shit man that got hairy yeah did she just kill tass it wasn't the real tass oh i fucking hope it wasn't the real tass she used illusions before i'm pretty sure they all had like a spooky grin on their face i don't think it was the real tass oh okay i'll be right back okay i'm just gonna teleport to tass real quick so jake you reach out to teleport to tass and there is a burst of flame and tass is standing in front of you whoa oh fuck i forgot this works this way here what the oh yeah hey oh hey man how's it going good to see your head wasn't bitten off yeah what we had were were you in the middle of something important i can take you back i just needed to check on you and make sure you were okay oh my god uh yeah i mean we just sort of got away from sort of an ambush I i only got one of the weapons out and nash showed up and threatened me and then went away and then Eston showed up like, there's some some rope-a-dope shit happening, man. Like, they had me looking one way, and other stuff is happening, and I don't know how to make sense of it yet. But we we barely got out. Everett's wards on Mother Hen are all fucked, but but we're, we got out of there before uh, Eston and his new crazy set of ghouls uh, could do too much damage. Okay, well, I feel like we can unpack all that once we regroup, but I can take you right back to Mother Hen here real quick. Yeah, that's probably for the best, just so that Everett doesn't think they got me or something. And before you go, Ori reaches out and, and puts his hand on your shoulder. Like, you you saw him. Like, it's it's for sure. Esten, he's, he's back. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Don't worry about it, man. I mean, they told me a little bit about the dream you had or whatever. Like, we'll deal with it. We dealt with it once. We'll deal with it again. You're right. Uh, I'll teleport Tass back to Mother Hen. Yeah, you appear inside of Mother Hen in a flash of fire. And Everett kind of peeks around from the seat. Uh, how's it going? Good. Sorry I stole your passenger. And sorry about your wards. Sorry about the fact that I'm even able to get here right now. Yeah. We'll we'll make that better. Yeah. Are, are you good before you go? Everything chill over there? Yeah. 
Everything's pretty chill. I didn't get like a ton of new information, but I think I'm going to get my pocket dimension back in in a sort. So that's what I'm trying to get done here real quick. Oh, okay. So I'm going to go finish that up. All right, man. We'll just catch you back at IPT. All right. And I head back to Elnor. Megan, here you sit with your vampire crew and Anastasia at a small pizza parlor. What kind of pizza did you all order? Uh, Well, I ordered pepperoni and pineapple. Uh, So they have all made their orders and the drinks have arrived. Uh, and your pizza arrives, and there's no pepperoni. <laughs> uh, so as you all get settled into a table here at this little pizzeria, you get all of your orders made, and the waitress comes over and delivers drinks. And as she turns away, you notice that over her shoulder, there's a small glint out the window. And across the street, you can see a flower van and perched On top of the building above it, you see the barrel of a sniper rifle. The Crit Show is a Crit Show Studios production, edited and produced by Brandon Wentz with music by Jake Purley. You can find more information about us at thecritshowpodcast.com. To keep up to date with upcoming live shows, contests, and other special events, follow us at The Crit Show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For even more weekly content, join us at patreon.com slash thecritshow. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. It's a tale of learning and healing. We've got a whole province going to see one overworked witch in a candy cottage that's been chewed to pieces by the local kids. Of fairies and magic. You're touching the sapphire of assessment! I'm not touching it! I'm just putting my hand near it as I focus my brainial waveforms on it. Stop it! I'm not even touching it! Of struggle against the odds. This is my team. They may not live up to your vision of a perfect, efficient department. They don't live up to my vision of a stampede in a barnyard. Ooh, Kingly, that's how you know it's working. And now, it returns at last. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, Season 2. Alba Salix, Royal Physician, from Fable and Folly. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts or look us up at fableandfolly.com.